0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome. I am so glad you've joined me this week for our podcast, Walk with God. My name is Brenda McCord. Last week, we looked at Genesis 1 and learned more about God's name, Elohim, the Strong Creator. This week, we will take a closer look at the second foundational name, Jehovah, the relational God. This name points to a significant attribute of God. He desires relationship with each of us. Do you remember your first friend? My mother has a lifelong friend, and I've known her since I was a very little girl, They share the same first name, Betty. They became friends as young girls. They double dated, got married in the same summer, and a couple of years later gave birth to their first babies within a few days of each other. Through the years, we would visit their family in the Philadelphia area, and they would come to visit our family in the mountains of Pennsylvania. I remember listening to them talk and laugh together. They certainly had some silly times and were a lot of fun when they were together. They would share stories and sometimes tears about their families as they reconnected and had that time with each other. They've stayed close through the years and they still talk on the phone and send letters and cards to each other. Their relationship is about 80 years old. They know a lot about each other, and they love one another dearly. Relationships are important. God created us for relationship. And even more important, God wants to be in personal relationship with each of us. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. God is the strong creator. In his book, The Power of God's Names, Tony Evans writes, Jehovah is the side of God who relates to his creation personally. A person can believe in Elohim without knowing Jehovah. Jehovah is the God who personally reveals himself to us, often through the trials and struggles we face. One of the first characteristics we discover about Jehovah is that he is a person. He is the I am. In our key scripture passage this week, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3. Let me give a little bit of background as we begin today. Moses is watching over the flocks of his father-in-law Jethro in the backside of the desert in the wilderness when God comes to speak to him in a burning bush. And God called to him by name, Moses, Moses. And he answered, here I am. And the Lord said to him, remove your sandals, You are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He goes on to say, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So we see here in verses 6 and 7, That God comes to him face to face. He presents himself in a burning bush to Moses. And he calls him by name. And just a pause there. God knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows your name. God demonstrates his personal relationship to Moses And we know he desires a personal relationship with each of us. Well, as we continue into verse 10, we're only going to get that first word, therefore. And we've got to stop. Because whenever you see therefore, you need to ask yourself the question, what is it therefore? We have to back up from verse 10 back to verse 9, where it says, Furthermore, I, God, I have seen the oppression which with the Egyptians are oppressing them. I've seen the Egyptians are oppressing them. I've seen it. Therefore, because I've seen, because I've seen my people, God has a plan for Moses. This is God's calling and his purpose. Moses spent 40 years in Pharaoh's household. Now he has spent 40 years watching the sheep in the backside of the desert. And now God appears to Moses in a burning bush. Yes, God has a unique mission for Moses. After 80 years, God is about to unfold his master plan for Moses. God speaks directly to him. Come now, I will send you to Pharaoh. I will bring my people out of Egypt. He's speaking directly to his servant Moses. But Moses objects when we go into verse 11. Moses says, listen, God, there are some very important details about my life that you must have forgotten. This just is not going to work. That's Brenda's version of verse 11. But Moses is questioning his worth. He's saying to God, who am I to go before Pharaoh? I'm not qualified for this job. Do you forget my sin? Do you forget the things that I did when I was back in Egypt? I murdered a man. I can't go back there, God. But God's response to Moses is amazing. In verse 12, he says, certainly I will be with you. Let's unpack this sentence for just a moment. Beginning with a dictionary, we look up the meaning of the word certainly. That word means without doubt. You don't need to worry. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to fret or sweat the details. Without doubt. I will be with you. Yes, of course. Moses, you will not go by yourself. I will be with you. You know, over in Deuteronomy 31:23, God is speaking to a future servant, Joshua, and he says to him, "Then he commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for I shall bring the sons of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. You see, we have a God who is relational. He is with us. He does not ask us to do work for him on our own, but rather he tells us he will walk alongside of us. He will equip us. He will be there with us every step of the way. It reminds me when our two older boys were toddlers, they would get up in the middle of the night. They went through that phase and come into our bedroom and want to crawl into bed with us. And so we'd made the decision that that wasn't going to happen. And so I would get out of bed and walk them back down the hallway, tuck them into into their beds, and I would say to them, Mommy's going to sit right outside your bedroom door in the rocking chair. I will be right here with you. And I would go out and sit in the rocking chair, and as I sat there, I would pray, and I would just think about my family and offer thanks for who they were as well well as pray for different things. And every once in a while, one of them would get back out of bed and come to the doorway and see, and yes, mommy was there in the rocking chair. And I would calmly just say, Mark, you need to get back into your bed. Jonathan, go back to bed. Mommy's right here. I will stay right here. And I would continue to rock. And then when I felt like both of them had gone back to sleep and wouldn't wake up again, I'd return to my bed. But I wanted them to know I will be right here in the rocking chair. Just a simple illustration of how God is present for us. He is right there for us. Well, Moses has another objection that he brings before the Lord in verse 13. He says to God, I'm going to the sons of Israel and I'll say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. But what if they say to me, well, what's his name? What will I answer them? And what we hear in that question from Moses is fear. If I go and I present myself and I say the God of your fathers and they ask me what your name is and they question me and they challenge, as it were, my mission, what am I to tell them? And I love verse 14 because God says to Moses, I am who I am. Thus, you will say to the sons of Israel, I am. Has sent me to you. And this is the Hebrew transliteration for Yahweh, Jehovah, as we know it. I am who I am. And he goes on in verse 15 and says, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Friends, this name identifies God as the deity who makes covenant promises and always keeps his promises to all generation. From generation to generation, he is the promise keeper. And so God says, go and gather the elders of Israel, saying, the Lord, the God of your fathers appeared to me. I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. We see examples of Jehovah, the relational God in Exodus 3. He knows your name. He will be with you. He sees you and he is concerned about you. Those are truths that apply to us today in our personal relationship with God. He knows your name. He will be with you. He sees you and he is concerned about you. Well, when we look at scripture We always want to pause and take time to consider what these verses have taught us about God. This helps us know him better. This brings us to a point of worship and praise before him. So allow me to share some of the attributes I've seen in Exodus 3 today. God has a personal relationship with his children. He sees you. And he is concerned about you. He is omniscient. In other words, he knows everything in the past. Therefore, I have seen the oppression that the Egyptians have put on my children. And in the present, as he comes to Moses, he says, come now and I will send you. And then in the future, God said, I will bring my people out of Egypt He is all-knowing, past, present, and future. He is a patient and long-suffering God. He listens to and he answers our questions, even our doubts, even our objections. He has a purpose. He calls us, equips us, and sends us. He has a purpose and a plan. He will be with you and me. He promises I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know, God, the relational God, has determined your value and your worth. You are precious in his sight. Take some time to reflect on these attributes. Take time to praise Jehovah and thank him for the personal relationship you have with him. And as we grow and mature in our walk with God, it's important to apply his truth in our daily lives, in our actions, our thoughts, in our words. And here are a couple questions that I came up with with regard to um, Exodus chapter three, head to heart application. Our desire to grow in an authentic and deep relationship with the Lord. I ask myself this question, what circumstance am I facing today that begs me to trust God and believe he has my good and very best in his master plan? What instruction or call has God given that's waiting for my obedient action? Remember, God came to Moses and said, come now, and I will send you. Am I resisting his call? Is it because of fear? Is it lack of trust in him, feeling unworthy? And then, in what ways do I question God's plan and call on my life? How can I use my God-given gifts and abilities for his glory? Those are some of the head-to-heart questions I came up with this week. I hope those are helpful for you as well. I believe the more I know about God, the more I should want to know about God. Let me say that again. I believe the more I know about God, the more I should want to know about God. God wants to have a personal relationship with each of us. And I pray that this week, you will draw close to Jehovah, the relational God. Next week, we will study God's name, Adonai, the God who rules. And you can find the study guide below in the show notes. I look forward to sharing this time with you again next week. Take care and may God bless you as you walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.